Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the first two games of the year for the Jets, including a dismal display and. Dallas, damn it. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. Apologies for the delay, everybody. But again, unfortunately, I was left dealing with being a little under the weather over the weekend, so couldn't uh, couldn't find a way to get into the recording booth. Tyson did offer to do the show by himself, but I said no because I know a power play when I see one. So I appreciate the ambition. He's, he's coming for the throw right off the bat, but uh, hold your horses, young buck, on that. Uh, and it's too bad, too, that we didn't get to record after the big season opening went on Friday night because the uh, the vibes are a little bit different than uh, than what they are in Winnipeg right now. Uh, pretty. I mean, hey, it, it's what every good fan base should be like, in my opinion. But um, yeah, the uh, the outlook is a little bit different for the team than it was just a few nights ago after a 4-1 defeat. To the Dallas Stars, so we'll break that one down right off the bat for you guys. But Tyson, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, joining me once again. How's it going, little bro? Uh, it's going. It's going after that game. You know, it wasn't the greatest showing by the hometown boys, but you know, it's, we're enjoying a nice Monday night here. That's that's a nice way to put it. It wasn't a great showing by the hometown boys. Um, I mean. It's, it, it was such a different game, too, from, from the one on Friday night. You know, there were, you know, even, even with the win on Friday against the Rangers, you know, the Jets still did give up, what was it, 40, 41 shots to New York, right? It, was, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the most cleanest of efforts, but I still think for the most part the Jets uh, maybe not dominated the game, but at least kind of held some, some territorial advantage over the blue shirts and, and maybe looked worthy of the win. That only existed for about eight minutes in this one, and that was the first eight minutes of the game where where they they came out they came out firing. It, it looked like two and zero was on tap for the boys, and then oh boy, did things ever change quickly! And from that point, I mean, really, up until it was four to one, it, it felt like it was a minor victory for the Jets just to to get out of their own zone for a little bit. I mean, they had fifteen shots 
by the time Dallas made it 4-1 and they had those couple of late power play chances uh, in, in the tail end of the third period there. But outside of a handful of players, there were basically nobody on the team that covered themselves in glory in that game in Dallas, a, a place where the Jets historically just do not play well. Two points go to die out there in Winnipeg. Was there anything that jumped out to you right off the bat, Tice, with this one? Well, it's sort of like the game against the Rangers on Friday. It started pretty similar, I thought. I mean, the Jets were really controlling play in that those first ten, that first half of the game today, and you know, it looked like, like you said, that they're well on their way to securing a two and zero start in Dallas of all places. What is it, seven in a row now that they've lost? Man, they just couldn't. The way that they were able to bounce back in that Rangers game in the third period, we just didn't see that in Dallas today. And the and credit to Dallas, they just kept their foot on the pedal the whole game and. We talked about this a bit in our season predictions that you said it. Pete DeBoer seems to take his team pretty far in his first year. And, you know, maybe we're seeing the makings of an early underdog here in Dallas with a 3-0 start. Yeah, I, I pointed that out and then immediately said they would finish sixth in the Central Division. So, I mean, take that for what you will. You know, I, I guess there were there were a few things that stood out to me in the game and then kind of just as a, a whole through the first two games. And maybe the thing that jumps out the most is kind of a a yin and yang. There is glass half full, glass half empty. And and that would be that by far, and I don't think this is even much of a debate, but the Mark Shifley, Cal Connor, Nikolai Ehlers line has been the biggest positive for the team so far through two games. And I think you can make the case that Mark Shifley has been the biggest positive for the team through two games so far. I mean, he's he, he looks after 120 minutes to be a change player to start the year. There have been dozens of occasions so far through the opening two games where he is, the effort's there, the commitment to defense is there. And wouldn't you know it, you can play defensive hockey and still get onto the score sheet. He's got three goals and a handful of points as well to go through two games. That to me has been by far the biggest positive for this team. The, the problem with that positive, though, is basically nothing else has come offensively out of this lineup so far. And that that is the the risk that you run with essentially putting all your eggs into one basket. I mean, it, I guess it technically worked for Dallas last year where Robertson hints Pavelski carried the Stars to a playoff spot. Maybe the Jets are trying to go down the same path there. But even with the fourth line playing the heroics in game one, you know, outside of a couple shifts for them in the opener against the Rangers, not a lot of sustained offensive zone pressure for either of the middle six groupings so far. And again, it's just two games. There has to be some patience here, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of want to give some thoughts of breaking up that top line for the Jets. And it's really to no fault of their own. They're just not going to get anything else out of the lineup right now. Right. And our concerns at the beginning of the season of this forward that they're showing early on which is not a great sign for this team i mean like you said the first line they're not gonna they're not gonna score every game though like there's gonna be some games where they do get might (laughs) they might but they might get one like they did and there might be they're they're gonna get put up against the other team's top lines and sometimes it's just the other team's top line outplays yours and you really need those guys to step up and heaven forbid that an injury happens in that top six that forward group starts to get really really ugly and if we do see an injury, we might be seeing Brad Lambert a lot earlier than we even expected. Yeah, and Lambert, 
uh, I don't know if you saw, got on the score sheet with a beauty on a breakaway for his first AHL goal. So, I mean, not not to get a little too ahead of ourselves, but the kid's yeah, already yeah. too good for the AHL, obviously, after that one. But, you know, that that those three have been so dynamic. And I saw some people complaining that, yeah, a little too much East-West, a little bit too much Globetrotter. Uh, you, you're going to live with some shifts where maybe they throw the puck around a bit too much and aren't as direct with it towards the net. Because you have plays like what they did on that first goal, right? Where, I mean, I, I think all five Jets players touched the puck consecutively there, but it's an Ehlers beautiful chip out to Cal Connor. His speed terrifies the Stars' defense, and you set up Mark Shifley for an absolute clap bomb of a one-timer there. Y you give those guys a little bit of time and space to make plays with the puck, and they're going to score as prolifically as just about any top trio in the NHL right now. So... I don't really have a problem with with their play whatsoever, but the, the second line, you know, the third line is a bit of a different story because they've got a specific role, and we'll we'll see how they produce offensively over the next ten games or so. But I've been pretty disappointed so far, or at least underwhelmed with the second line. Tice, you know, Perfetti as a quote unquote rookie, you, you kind of have to live with some ebb and flows there. Blake Wheeler has historically started off incredibly slow only to pick up as the season goes along there i was hoping for a little more to pierre luc dubois to start the season and it's it's been a it's been a bit of a rocky one for him so far i, I can understand a bit of angst with pld's play um you know it's one thing to not have a few bounces go your way offensively through the first two games it's another to have your head in the clouds and watch tyler sagan who was your guy all alone in front of the net basically being gift-wrapped a goal on the uh, game tire and eventually kind of got the ball rolling in a negative way uh, for the Jets on the evening there. I, I think it's pretty safe to say they need a hell of a lot more out of uh, number 80. Yeah, for sure. And the one word to describe his play this game was just a little bit undisciplined. I mean, like even, yeah, yeah. even the slashing penalty was just pure frustration there. And you, can't, you really can't be taking a penalty at that point in the game. It was only a 3-1 game at that point. You're still in it. That, that penalty leads to the Stanley penalty, who, I mean, we're going a bit off track there, but he he had a rough game as well. Yeah, we'll get to the defense in just a sec. Don't worry. <laughs> and with Dubois, like you said, you really would like to see a little bit more out of him. I, the one thing in that first game, they got a lot of chances, and you would like to see them shoot a little more. I mean, we Blake had a lot, like a lot of chances in close that he should have pulled the trigger on and just decided to make that one extra pass that you shouldn't be making in that spot. But yeah, like, man, it's it's just concerning already that the one one of the biggest problems coming into this season and something that did that went unaddressed in the off season is already rearing its head so early yeah. into the season. And what do you, what do we do at this point? Is is there a D on the move to bring in some forward depth? Is there is there some more call ups? Are we going to see what some of the guys on the moose have to show? It's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. I mean. The next couple of games could go totally different, and we see the second and third line chip in two goals in each game, and they win 4-2. Or we could see a repeat of the Dallas game where the Shifley line, they put up some they put up some numbers, but sometimes it's just not enough. And it's gonna like a, it's gonna be super interesting to see what happens over these next couple of games. Yeah, well, the good thing is the schedule eases up. You got the defending champs up there on Wednesday night. Oh, after that, Vegas. Hottest start in the NHL this year. Oh, Tro oh, maybe Toronto. That might be a bit of an easy one. 
But yeah, Colorado's going to be a pretty stiff test. We'll see if uh, they can bounce back there. I- I'm okay with giving. I'm okay with giving the forward lineup a few more games to maybe sort itself out and, and see where things go. But I will say a bit preemptively here that if you're asking me, I wouldn't be as hesitant to pull the trigger on essentially switching Kyle Connor and Cole Perfetti in that middle six. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Perfetti get a chance with Shifley and Ehlers. We know Connor and Dubois had, had great chemistry all last season. That might be a way to maybe still get some continued excellent play out of that top line, but maybe give a bit of a kickstart and a boost to that second line there. It's interesting too, because basically all of last year for the Jets, they never had both their top two centers going at the same time. It was Shifley in the second half of the season for the most part, Dubois for the first half of the season. They could never seem to get hot at the same time. There was like two or three games all season long where they were both going and things were going great. But, you know, it seems to be happening again here that they just can't seem to get their top two pivots rolling at the same time, although it is just two games in again. Yeah, and I think that's what they're trying to do on the power play too, right? I think they're trying to incorporate Pierre-Luc Dubois more uh, below the goal line and trying to find Shifley kind of in that bumper spot. We saw them try it quite a few times actually in this game. And Shifley got a couple shots off, a couple deflections. I mean, you fire off a couple, three three of those shots in a game, Mark Shifley's probably going to score at least one of them. So that's a nice little wrinkle. And I, I love that play where Nikolai Ehlers wasn't quite in the right spot, but they move Shifley in the bumper and he goes, pivots with the puck and fires across ice. We, Ehlers just wasn't in the right spot. But if he's standing about right on the face off that, that's a tap-in goal. And I think the more the more this power play practices and gels together, they're going to start to get a better feel of each other. And maybe that's what the top two centers need to get going. Like just get some, some easy goal, not easy goals. Cause there's no, there's no easy goals in the NHL, but just a way to get momentum going for yourself, just to get some confidence going. You know, it's, it's a big part of this game and we just haven't, we just haven't seen quite, we haven't seen them hit that top level potential that we know they have yet. And once, and if they ever do hit that potential, the Jets are going to be a terrifying team to play against. Yeah, I, I thought the power play stunk. <laughs> I thought the power play stunk yeah, last night. So, well, I mean, and, and again, I, special teams I'm not as worried about early on in the year. I mean, power plays and, I mean, for the Jets, penalty kills. But power plays generally run hot and cold. So, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. They've got more than enough talent that I think they figured this out over the long term there anyways. Um, but say, that's I, what... I got one question for you, though. So, like I said, heaven forbid this happens. If one of those top six guys gets injured, who are you moving up in that top six? Oh, yeah. I I mean, it depends who gets hurt. If it's a center, they're screwed. And at that point, you pretty much you have to bring Lowry up. Maybe you try Perfetti down the middle. If it's a winger... You know, he hasn't had a great start to the year, but Mason Appleton probably gets first call for me. Maybe you try Sam Gagne up there. I, I I don't know if you go to Brad Lambert right off the bat. Right. But, I mean, I, I guess to the point you're trying to make, there's not a good solution to that. Right. And you might need to go external hunting to try to find somebody in there. Maybe you have to make a move on a crowded blue line to get yourself some help up front as well. And, and that's where we'll go next on the episode here because uh, there there were uh, there were a few talking points with the team's back end in this one. And, of course, the main one, you know, unfortunately for the guy, 
focused on the uh, the biggest member of that blue line. We'll get to that. And a few other notes from the Dallas Stars game, as well as the Rangers game and some other Jets tidbits to take a look at in just a sec. But before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And a big, big deal early on in this season for you guys to take advantage of. You can also turn some small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combining bets like victories, goals scored, more. All of that can get you a shot at an even bigger payout with DK. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the blue line. Again, as with the forward core, I think there's been one positive for me at least through the opening two games. We talked about the high-end talent on this team up front not really being a question mark. It hasn't been that through two games. It's been their brightest point. To me, Josh Morrissey, there 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 was a time a year or two ago where if you asked me what I thought he could be at the NHL level, I would say he could be a decent second pair guy. He, he just wasn't the same after Jacob Trouba left and with the Jets trying to handle, trying to give him the responsibility of essentially carrying a number one pair. He wasn't able to do that with lackluster partners beside him. But I think it's pretty evident right now that if you give him a, a solid, dependable partner, that can handle the defensive zone just fine, you're going to get a top pair defenseman. And that's what Josh Morris, he is right now. I, I think he's been tremendous to start the season. DeMello didn't have his best game against Dallas, but to me, Morris, he pops off the page in a huge way. And I mean, that's, it's so hard to find these guys. I don't, I don't know if he's a top 15 defenseman in the NHL or anything like that. But to me, watching Morrissey, all of last year through the opening couple of games this year. I mean, that's the one positive on this blue line that I think the Jets can bank on is that Josh Morrissey is a top pair defenseman. And I think out of all the players to, who are going to benefit from this leadership leadership change, I think Josh Morrissey is the guy who's going to step up the most out of all these guys. I mean, you've just seen since the preseason, he's looked dialed in. He looks like a guy who wants to take part, who wants to take over this team and kind of be that guy. He wants to be that guy. And that's really what you want to see out of Morrissey. A guy that was a top 15 pick. You've spent so much time developing developing him and bringing him along. And he's been he's been through hell, man. Like, having yeah. to go lo- losing Bufflin, Myers, Sharon the one see- offseason, then going, hey, man, we need you to be – we need you to be the number one guy now. And he's really stepping up in that role, that leadership role now, and I'm really excited to see how he plays the rest of the year. Man, and we're, we're just seeing how – there was a reason why he was – a deep sleeper on some of those early team Canada predictions. A lot of guys in the NHL really do like Josh Morrissey. And I think we're really starting to see what everyone else sees in him. Yeah. The, the, I think going back two, three seasons ago, the jets tried to make him Victor Hedman. It was like carry a third pair defenseman, go up against the other team's best night in night out, give us 60 points and push the pace of play. The right. Like it was just, there, there's like three people on the planet that, that can do that. And, and, 
you know, it's no big deal that Josh Morrissey isn't one of those guys, but I think it's quite evident that I, I think it could be an all-star this year. Yeah. You know, depending on how the goofy division format works and everything like that. I, I think he can have the Jets all-star caliber play from the back end there. It's it's a massive piece of the puzzle and good to see that he has uh, certainly um, erased any of the doubts that maybe he couldn't get back to the level of play that he had when the Jets were going on a couple of deep playoff runs. That's where the positives end on the blue line. I wanted to get that in quickly there because it's, I mean, especially in Dallas, it was a rough one for the majority of the blue line. I guess let's get this out of the way first. I, I mean, I I don't want to sound harsh, but there's no way Logan Stanley plays Wednesday in Colorado. Like, you, you just you, you can't do it. I, I mean, everybody, I think everybody was almost in agreement that it should have been Sandberg over Stanley in game one. And after two games so far this season, I I don't know, Tice, maybe maybe you're thinking differently. For me, I, I don't need to see anymore. I, I think it's time to get Dylan Sandberg in. And I think once the Jets do get Dylan Sandberg in, that we're going to see Big 54 take over one of those spots inside the top six, and he's not going to give it go anytime soon. Right. And there's, there's one thing when you turn the puck over and you're being pressured and there's guys on you, and there's another one when you're turning the puck over and there's no one on you and you're falling down and you're losing the puck in your own end. You're not making good, good exit passes. And yeah, like we don't want to harp on the guy, but man, it's a performance driven league. You need to see performances. You need to see results. And we're just not seeing that from Logan Stanley early on in the season. And it's time, it's time to see what these kids got too. It's time to see what Dylan Sandberg's got. Give Hanola a little bit more time. If Sandberg struggles a bit too, then I think it's time to bring Billy Hanola up and see what he's got. You really got to start pushing these guys. And it's just, you you need better play on that back end. You really do. And Brendan Dillon had a tough game as well. Neil Pionk got his face caved in by a butt end. I, yeah, that, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that's, that's a bit a bit off topic, but that is one of the... I can't believe he got cut that way by a butt end. That thing that looked exactly like a puck. It was... That was, a, that was a deep gash. But yeah, just a rough game overall for the back end. And we need to see some more, a different look on the back end. Yeah. I, and I feel bad for, for Stanley, you know, watching him. It to me looks like he's just, he's trying to do too much. And he's like, I, I think Logan Stanley's better than what he's shown since training camp started. Um, I, I don't, I, I think how, you know, the level of play that he's exhibited so far is, is kind of beneath him. I just think he's he's trying to do too much. He's in his own head right now. If 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 you want him to get his game right, I think it would do him some good having him sit in the press box for a little while and, and watch the game from up there because it's it's just not working for him right now. I, I think that's it. He's just like you said, it's performance driven. That he just hasn't he hasn't delivered, I think, enough quality play to warrant a spot inside that lineup still. A lot of, a lot but, of- but that's that's the third pair, right? Like I, I Schmidt's been okay. Maybe even a bit better than okay. Um, but still, the third pair is only going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 14, 15 minutes a night. To me, far more concerning than that is the play of the second pair so far. Because I hoped or maybe thought that Brendan Dillon might be more impactful under a new coaching staff with a more structured game. And that has not been the case so far. You know, it's it's tight between the second and the third pair. The second pair might be the worst performing group right now for the Jets on the back end. And, you know, Neil Pionk, 
Ah, are you getting a little worried about Neil Pionk too? He's been a little iffy with the puck so far. That that D pair as a whole has just struggled to break out of their zone cleanly. That's a big reason why the team, I think, only had 15 shots in the game is that they just couldn't get any kind of clean breakout and, you know, try to kickstart an offensive possession going back the other way there. But that's that's a fair amount of money that's being doled out there in your second pair. And the Jets so far, again, still early, but so far haven't gotten the early dividends that you would have hoped for there. And I wonder, I, I do wonder at some point how quickly you pull the trigger on a potential shakeup with this Jets blue line core and, and maybe try to mix and mash and see what kind of pairings might work for you. Because so far outside of Morrissey and DeMello, it's been um, it's been pretty rough, I, I, I think, for the blue line so far. Not, not as strong as what we might have hoped. Yeah, it feels like Pionk feels more of a responsibility to be the guy that moves the puck up when he's on a pairing with Brendan Dillon. Because no offense to Brendan Dillon, but he's just not a puck-moving defenseman. And I feel like Pionk is, like we said about Stanley, he's trying to do too much out there. He's trying to force things. It's just, and when you're trying to force things, you're just, it's just not, you're not going to play a clean game of hockey. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's a big contract for a guy. And you can't be having guys making, what what exactly does it make? 5.7, I think it is. And so if he, if your D-man's getting 30 points a year, 35 points a year, making 5.75, that's just not enough. And as a team that's that also had question marks on D coming into the season, you really need Neil Pionk to step up too. Yeah, yeah, it's 5.8 for Neil Pionk and just a shade under four for Brendan Dillon. So, I mean, it's almost $10 million on that second pair there. And they're, they're, they're going to need more. They're going to need more to both of those guys. Now, the other part of it too is, you know, no Rick Bonus on the bench for the opening two games. It can, it can help. I, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think it's the, you know, if Bonus was on the bench in Dallas, the team flips the script and they cruise to a 4-1 victory or anything like that. But th- there's that aspect of it too. New coaching staff, structures, systems that need to be put in place, that need to be performed and executed at a high level. Oh, wait, our bench bosses and even with the team for the first two games. So so there's it hasn't been easy for the Jets, which is, you know, kind of par for the course for them. But yeah, that, that Dallas game, I, I think if you were looking on Twitter last night, um hashtag same old same old might have been trending that that's just the the worrying part this this team has looked a certain way for a few seasons now the hope was we can start to turn the page there and and look a little more composed and i think that that dallas game just opened up some old wounds a bit of ptsd and it's like please not again i can't deal with another season like this so well we'll see if it gets changed here when rick bonus does get behind the bench might not happen in Colorado on Wednesday night. <laughs> that might just be the Avs being the Avs. But, you know, I might even push that one aside for a little bit. We'll see what the team can possibly do with games against Vegas, Toronto, and St. Louis on tap in the horizon. And then maybe they can uh, make the Dallas game just a bit of a one-off and an anomaly. And then we're talking about a different Jets team uh, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, just a few points I do want to get to before we wrap up the episode here, Tice. And let's end on a – I always like to try to end on a positive note especially after a performance like the team had against the Dallas Stars. But this came up actually after the game winner against the New York Rangers on Friday night. Do you know, or for anybody that doesn't know out there, but the Winnipeg Jets don't have a goal song this year. Instead, it's individual goal songs. Like like walk-up music in baseball, 
each player on the jet has their each player on the jets has their own individual goal song and sam gondes came out the bat right off the bat there and it was mr brightside which immediately sam gagne probably deserved to bump into the top six if you're going with mr brightside as your goal song they're also an underrated karaoke song but just a great tune all around there um but did you get a chance to see any of the jets individual goals on tights oh, oh, yeah. stand out positively or negatively oh yeah i will say that the canada life center was just bumping into mr brightside too and gagne when gagne potted that one so that could be a fun little fun little treat for fans this year but without a doubt number one on the team Number 88, Nate Schmidt, goes with the classic mumbo number five. That is <laughs> the best goal son out of all of them, and it's not even close. Mumbo number five is without a doubt number one in my books. That's a great, yeah. Tyson has a, a very specific history with uh, mumbo number five as well, for those that, that don't know. But that would, that would be for an episode of Skates and Plates After Dark. But that that's a beauty. I, I do like that one. I'm going to try to pull it up here quickly so I can just take a look through all of the answers. Um, that's a positive one there. For me, a negative. And I got, I, I got to find this quickly here. Just give me one second here because I, I, I just I know the guy a little bit. I, I thought I knew him well. Maybe I don't know him as, as well as I initially thought. I, I think he's better than this. But oh, I'm just struggling to find it here. It's just killing me. Uh, where is it? Come on, come on, come on. I will say Adam Lowry picking Sandstorm. There it is. I, that one is a. I I kind of like it. I like that. Yeah, we. Don't worry, Tyson. Don't worry, Tyson. We all we all know what Sandstorm is. Um, when when I saw that and I found that out. I think that's worthy of stripping the A from Adam Lowry. <laughs> Put an S. But I think, S. I, yeah, like I, I, if I was bonus and I saw that, it's like, I don't know if we could have a leader like that on them if you're, you're going to go with Sandstorm there. Um, but it, it is funny. They, you know, it, it, it's almost like social level music from the Jets here because it's all, it's all over the place. Like yeah, you've got, you know, why you've got early 90s rap. You've got country, you've got classic rock as well. Kind of so Dylan Sandberg, young guy, is going with back in black. Great dude. I just didn't I didn't know anybody over the <laughs> around the age of 20 even knew who ACDC was. Um I did like Blake Wheeler's pick. Hypnotize. I think that was it. That's that's I mean solid. That's just a great too. I, yeah. I, that's I, just, I, I wonder what part of the song they'll go with there. Um but <laughs> Do you like have have you ever thought if you had an individual goal song, what what yours would be? Like mm-hmm. let's say like one timer in the slot, you rip it bar down. What the what the track is that's gonna play right after that happens? <laughs> well, I gotta fight this this song is one of my least favorite songs, but I think it would be hilarious. But if I scored a goal and then you just hear bad to the bone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That'd be a good one. I I could get down with that. For me, for me, and it's it really should be the first team that that adopts this as their goal song will win the Stanley Cup. It's it's guaranteed. Nobody's done it yet, which is too bad. But for me, it's a it's a no doubter. It's Whoop There It Is by Tag Team. Like I just I don't know why no team has picked. You have Hall and Oates that crap out there in Toronto, and they're they're never going to win Jack Squat with that as their goal song. But the entire crowd can literally chant 
all the words to whoop there it is and nobody's out there doing it yet it, it, it drives me nuts it's a major missed opportunity but i'm excited I, i'm glad the jets did something like that they could have some fun with it i think i think fans will get a kick out of it uh we'll, we'll hear some songs uh more often than others but i i i do appreciate uh i do appreciate the jets showing a little bit of uh personality there with some of those even if Adam Lowry lost some some points with me for for picking Sandstorm there, but he'll he'll be just fine. There, there's yeah, he's, he's had better days. Let's put it that way. I do love Shifley's pick too, the, the greatest showman. That is such <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that that's is, wild. That's that, that awesome. That's so, it's so wild that I have to just respect it. <laughs> I never in a million years. I I'm, I wonder how many NHLers even know that the greatest showman's a movie. So I'll yeah. <laughs> pro, props to Shife on that one. Um. The other thing that I do want to touch on quickly here, have you seen any uh, – now, just a bit of context here. Um, there will be this season or this upcoming season in all likelihood a second batch of the reverse retro jerseys across the NHL. Each team is going to get one of their – like essentially a, a do-over or a second crack at a reverse retro jersey. Now, the Jets was that – their initial one was kind of that like grayish, like matte, matte gray, blue sort of a thing. Right. A lot of people didn't like it. That's kind of like my color scheme. I, I thought it was pretty sharp. I didn't mind it. Uh, did you did you see the mock-up for the Winnipeg Jets 2.0 reverse retro jersey? Is that the red one? The red? No, oh, no, 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 was, it's not. I, I got to tell you, that. if they, I saw one mock-up where it was the 90s jerseys. But instead of blue, it's just red, red and blue, red and blue swap, and they looked very clean. Well, I, oh, well, maybe well, I'll be interested. We'll, we'll find out whose sources are correct here. <laughs> the one that I saw, it, I mean, at the very least, it does sound like it's going to be the '90s jersey. So essentially, Timu Solani's coming out of retirement to play one. Maybe there's your answer to the top six. Forty-nine-year-old <laughs> Timu Solani comes back and gives the Jets thirty-thirty this year. Get, get to chuck in too. Let him play against Brady and Matt, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> you you might you might have to watch his minutes. <laughs> you might have. Only. He, he would be a pretty good PP two weapon. Like just like you are not moving Big Walt in front of the. Net. He is not going to be able to move himself from the front of the net. Keep the Chuck Sam Gagne on the power play too. That sounds like a pretty dynamic duo. Okay, I, I'm I'm sold. You got you got me on that, uh, but. The mock-up that I saw that it sounds like is going to be the case for the Winnipeg Jets here, the 90s jersey, so the 90s logo, but it's essentially that jersey, but the white color scheme from the Jets' current jersey, if that makes sense. So the same kind of, essentially the 90s jersey, but if you take the Jets' home jersey colors on that logo and on that background, right? So you have the, the stick logo, but it's essentially white is the majority color. Then you've got the blue and the black. I, I don't think there's any red at all from the one that I saw. So it's a, a white jersey, 90s Jets logo, black and blue. I think it looks unreal. I, I, I think I this might be a bold statement, but it's going to give the Heritage jersey a run for its money as the best wow. Jets jersey. And I, I think the Heritage jersey is a... Easy, easy top 10 jersey in the NHL. Probably top five jersey in the NHL. But I think this one, it, it looks pretty damn wicked. And if that's what the Jets go for, I can't wait to see that one in action. If they make the playoffs, they have to wear that. 
at the for the home games for the white that <laughs> that was my i mean that's i i wonder like would they ever go full on white like you know how the the Bengals in in one of their games recently right. did like the, the the albino tiger jerseys hey. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets go like albino Jets for a whiteout. I think that would be pretty sharp. I think it'd be a little intimidating too. You just see like this. It's like a blizzard almost just coming at you. Oh, the blizzard jerseys. Okay, yeah. here we go. All right. Well, at least at the very least, we've come up with some good ideas. And I think some positive vibes to close out the episode here, Tice. It was an ugly one in Dallas, but hopefully we were able to bring a couple of laughs and a couple of smiles to your faces there to wrap this one up. At least the goal songs are sounding good, and they're going to be looking sharp, win or lose, the rest of the way home. Uh, but that's where we'll wrap it up for the episode here. Uh, we'll get back at it on Friday morning. And again, breaking down the latest Jets game for you. A little bit worried about this one, but the, the Jets have been okay in Colorado in the past. But uh, yeah, the biggest test is certainly on tap for the club here. Wednesday night in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. And unfortunately, it's a back-to-back for the club, too, because they then continue this road trip into Vegas on yeah. Thursday night. Wouldn't be shocked to see Dave Radich get his first regular season start for the Jets in one of these two games here. But that is a doozy of a back-to-back. And we'll break down both of those games for you when we get back at it to close out the week. Until then, though, thank you so much for stopping by to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Thanks again to CJOB's Tyson Rewicki for joining us once again. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.